nothing. <laughs> Not a word. All right. Not a word. All right. Well, uh, uh, only That's been a, a half hour later. <laughs> yeah, it only took us 30 minutes to get going, guys. All right. That was another episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, until next week, we'll say bye. <laughs> 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 just kidding actually this is a new episode of never seen any of this and my name is andy i'm sammy i'm tj and i'm raymond and we're sad boys yeah yeah, yeah. we're gonna be this uh i mean i'm a happy boy because i get to see my good boys right now mm-hmm. right and, and have a little discussion with my good boys but oh, we made chat. the we decided that uh because 2020 is a fucking sinkhole of a year mm-hmm. and the passing, the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman occurred last week. Yeah. Last Friday, we decided um, to watch the Netflix original Spike Lee film that is the Spike last. Spike, Spike Lee joint. My, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. This is the last uh, film that Chadwick Boseman released while he was alive. We watched The Five Bloods. Right. So this isn't going to be his last movie though because didn't he have There's some of the works that he's like a smaller part in from my understanding it's another okay. biopic yeah but he's or not Netflix the main star again, yeah it's another netflix i believe gotcha but yeah i believe that's it i don't think he had filmed anything else because everything yeah. allegedly everything he was filming for the last couple of years was in between surgeries so that he could film another movie mm. mm-hmm. which is just i mean it's been talked a lot about on the internet just the sheer like in like strength and just the, the fact that he did that for four years without anybody knowing and like mm-hmm. still doing all those parts and doing all of that was just blew it blew my mind like it, it's well, insane yeah. dedication to the craft yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. like i had i had originally said with um you guys and talking to some some other friends about it that you know when you make a a movie especially like an action movie where you gotta do stunts usually the studio makes you go through like a like health uh you know like a whole checkup and they make like make you get like a full physical workup and stuff and so to to insure you for the movie because what you're doing is dangerous so mm-hmm. i figured you know marvel had to know that like that was going on so at least that they like they would know it. Everything else he does is like a lot of period pieces for the most part, other than like 21 Bridges. But, right. Mm-hmm. You know, for the most part, Marvel had to know what was going on. And I just saw uh, an announcement from Kevin Feige yesterday where he said he didn't even know. So that's incredible wow. that like he kept that under wraps. Yeah. Well, allegedly, up until like a week before he died, he was fully like prepared to go film Black Panther 2. Yeah, I saw that. Like it didn't even. It didn't even register in his mind that he was gonna have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, not not right. go through with it. Right. So, which Just is devastating, and it sure insane. made this movie a whole lot harder to watch. Right. Yes. Oh yeah. If I had watched this before the passing of Chadwick Boseman, I think it would have hit a little bit differently. Uh-huh. But since he's essentially pay- playing an angel in this movie, <laughs> right? I was, was like, a, oh, pretty he... difficult to watch. Yeah. Once I realized his part, I was like, oh no, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, this was my pick, and I originally had something way more lighthearted than what this ended up being mm-hmm. uh, as my pick. But I realized that I hadn't seen anything else that Chadwick Boseman had done after he had passed. Uh, I had wanted to see 21 Bridges. I didn't end up seeing it. 
Uh, I had 42 downloaded for like five years, and I never watched it. And that's a really so, good movie. I've seen. Yeah, I've and seen I, 42, I knew that too. I just wasn't yeah. whatever. I just wasn't in the mood for biopics during that time. It was like right. I can wait. But yeah, I was like, I have not watched a single other thing he's done other than like his Saturday Night Live appearance where he is fucking Black Panther. To so right. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, what? You know, I I knew only that this was like a Vietnam era movie you know, centered movie about a platoon of black soldiers. And that's the only thing I knew about this. By Spike Lee. I mean, that was another right. big part of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, and I, I had heard it gotten like, it was, it was pretty well talked about when it came out, but I had avoided all of it. So I, I didn't realize that he had such a small part in the movie. I think it's an impactful mm-hmm. part, but I thought there was going to be way more of, of Chadwick Boseman in this. Yeah. 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 I was surprised at that too. I was like, Oh, I, cause I mean, I thought. I guess I thought there was going to be more flashbacks in general, because right. um, I was. I knew that he was in the the young when they were younger part. I just mm-hmm. thought there would be more of that. That they showed more of that, but it was mm-hmm. really only one scene that they just kept going back to, for the majority. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you. I guess we can kind of go around and give our initial thoughts on the mm-hmm. movie. So, uh, Raymond, it was your pick. Right. How, how did you? How did you enjoy? To five bloods. I was saying while you were uh, having connectivity issues that I think I'm probably the person who's got the highest opinion of the movie, possibly, considering how uh, we've been kind of talking around it before starting. Uh, I ended up liking this movie. Um, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I am not that well versed in Spike Lee's joints. Uh, <laughs> I, That's, I was I was going to ask that. Yeah, how I, how many seen, of Spike's joints have you watched? Uh, I mean, do the right thing. And then probably two others. I didn't see Black Klansman, although I heard that was, you know... See, that's the... I think that's the only one I've seen of his. You've not seen Do the Right Thing? Mm Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah. I really, really really like Black Klansman, so I came into this movie like, oh, if this Uh, is the guy that did Black Klansman, I was like, all right. Bamboozled bamboozled is also a a ride. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, bamboozled. Yeah, I... (laughs) I'll talk about bamboozled a little bit when I get to that. Oh, I, think, I think I've only oh, seen. Oh, there's a bamboozled-sized elephant in the room. Of <laughs> I, I think I've only seen a couple others. Uh, the Sweet Blood of Jesus. I saw that. Didn't didn't love it. I know. I know Spike Lee's kind of hit and miss. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I I enjoyed the movie. I appreciated what it was doing. Uh, I do think it's very heavy-handed in what it is saying, but. Spike Lee kind of at this point in his career kind of seems like that's what he's going for, and I don't. Yeah. I, don't I mean, know de- if I definitely fault him for it. Yeah, Black Klansman is definitely like that too. It literally it like ends with like in your face, like this is what this movie is about, kind of a thing. I just don't know if it's for me. Although it seems like it's directly talking to someone like myself, but I don't know if I'm the kind of person who needed the talk it's giving me. But right. I, I, I don't want to fault it for the direction it takes, but I do think it is very heavy-handed in the way it talks about what's going on in this mm-hmm. movie. I I will say that I I did enjoy a lot of what the movie was doing. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes like TJ had mentioned last night, the first hour you kind of got to make it through that and yeah. then once it starts going in the direction it's going to go, it's like, "Oh, all right. This is not what I was expecting." Because yeah. that's I mean, I'm speaking to that. I, that's that's what I did because I I was like, I don't have a whole lot uh-huh. of time. So I watched the first hour yesterday and then watch the rest of it uh today and yes it is it definitely it doesn't i'm not saying it's like two different movies but it definitely is 
It escalates. It escalates, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. The first hour definitely feels like a old old dogs going back to their old stomping grounds. Uh-huh. It's going to be old guys having fun on, on a lighthearted trip where they're going to have to deal with some emotions, and then it's like, and some landmines. Yeah. <laughs> and it Ooh. fully gets in. I mean, when it starts oh, going, oh, oh, it oh. starts going, and it I I like that portion of the movie, I think, that what it's trying to do, I think it's pretty damn successful yeah. in what it's trying to do. <clears throat> My biggest thing i really like spike i respect spike lee as a filmmaker Mm -hmm. especially because like he went through nyu film school basically had everyone tell him like you need to shut up you're too loud (laughs) nobody's gonna ever let you make a movie because you're too loud and you scream at everyone and then he makes do the right thing which is a masterpiece Mm -hmm. you know a masterpiece that has to do a lot with people uh, being loud and screaming at each other (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly and uh, I think that Spike Lee is very hit or miss, but when he hits, he hits really hard. I think Black Klansman is incredible. I think that's probably one of his top five movies. I, And I think that it achieves what this movie is trying to achieve with being like 5% less in your face about it. Right. Which I'm not, because I'm not saying that in your face is a bad thing. But what I think this movie does is it makes its point, and then you get you 12 going. more scenes uh-huh. of them ramming that point. Literally, all I could think of while I was watching this <laughs> is I was like, this is a perfect exam- example of the Garth Marenghi quote about subtlety. The <laughs> subtlety is <laughs> yeah. for cowards. Yes, yeah. That's literally what I kept thinking. I was like, he's, he's not trying to be subtle. He's literally just like, yeah, throw it in your face over and over and, <laughs> in this movie. And an example that I can like think of is like, Black Klansman has a really beautiful ending scene where it shows a lot of real footage of some of the riots and mm-hmm. like white nationalist rallies that have happened in the country over the last couple of years and it include and it intercuts in like quotes and speeches from Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a character literally stand up and have a slow zoom in while he like has a little like statement about <laughs> about Donald Trump and what a what a clansman he is i'm like okay spike we get it yeah i understand this scene feels out of place for the they're having a conversation and then it feels like it's just these little scenes that are inserted into it and i will say spike lee is not the only credited screenwriter on this movie right there's like but i could tell but i could tell that that like that stuff in particular is a hundred percent coming from spike yeah and i think that this movie would benefit from being an hour 45 two hours rather than over two hours yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i think this movie is far too long that being said i think that when the movie hits it hits really well Mm -hmm. i think it's dealing with some really interesting things and interesting ways that you wouldn't get from a filmmaker that's not spike lee yeah i agree and so i appreciate what this movie is trying to do when it's when it's trying to do it i just think that it could be cut down a whole lot yeah but I also think like there's nobody that can tell Spike Lee that because Spike Lee <laughs> will give it right back to you. And to his credit, it, let Spike Lee do what Spike Lee wants to do. <laughs> He's earned it. At yeah. Well, I, I, mean, I mean, leaning sort of like into somebody who is making films and is, is a pretty obvious uh, supporter of auteur uh, kind of mm-hmm. the break workflow. Um, then at that point, like you, you live or die on that thing, and and most of the responsibility falls to you. So like, 
you know, he's he's made you know well over ten, fifteen uh, films at this point. So oh, more it, than that, I think. Yeah, and so he's, yeah, he's 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 no no stranger to criticism. That's that's mm-hmm. that's not a problem. And I guess if I can get into my my general broad strokes about the film, uh, I like starting to sort of my broad strokes about Spike Lee, is that I. Uh, don't always find myself enjoying the picture itself. I always find myself enjoying the conversation that mm-hmm. is spawned from the picture. And yes. if you want to talk about effective filmmaking, then if if your intention is to spark a conversation or spark controversy in this particular fashion, you know, the the nature of its production, the context of its production becomes such that a conversation is inevitable it's 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 almost like a law of nature after this thing because <laughs> when you start questioning questioning intention and when you know enough about the person who's made the film to go like very little is done for no reason <laughs> you know especially on the topic of race which is a a a primary pillar of of this particular person's corpus of work so yeah. I find myself like looking at every white guy in a background shot going like, does this mean something? <laughs> and, and then there's, you know, a question to be begged as to the efficacy of the intention of the author at that point, when everybody has these micro focuses of these little micro interactions and then going like, well, is this an allegory for the opium war? And, and so that, that, you know, is a conversation that's, you know, sort of neither here nor there in regards to the, the whole film where I found myself sort of, you know, I, I had, you know, sort of joked about like, yeah, you got through the first, you, you, you know, you, you've eaten your veggies through the first hour of this movie. Now you can get to people, you know, getting blown up by landmines. Uh, but in reality, I think the more interesting seeds that are planted are in the first half of the movie. Mm-hmm. And, and what ends up being more enjoyable to watch is in the second half of the movie. Where, like, mm-hmm. if it had been a whole film about just, like, four guys going back because they had already found the guy, uh, like, Norman's body, and it was more of them wrestling with their feelings of coming back, where it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, you've got Eddie, who has no money, and is, like, trying to still trying to pay for everything. That's something that you can work on when you're when you have a whole vacation movie, basically, to, like, have him have more opportunities to keep trying to buy things or whatever, and mm-hmm. then getting caught, and then having to confront that collectively. Yeah. Same thing with the sort of the Paul and his son, mm-hmm. where you have a whole film for them to patch up that relationship, or, or, or really go through that whole thing that doesn't necessarily need a crucible of, of being shot at by a bunch of, like, Vietnamese people. Like <laughs> have, having having that you know ha, you know the 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 heavy themes of like PTSD and having the representation of a black Trump supporter in the film and you know regardless of you know whatever immediate tone is going to come with that when it's Spike Lee introducing that character you know it's it's still an interesting and different perspective and then especially with Otis who is supposed to sort of be this moral compass for for everybody by and large. Um, you know, the fact that he would have to sort of reconcile the fact that he's been preaching to Paul about, you know, uh, have, you know, treating his son properly when he had a daughter in Vietnam that he didn't know about who went through this awful treatment based on race and in the wake of this, you know, imperialist venture that he was a part of. So like, there's a lot of complex themes that are established in the first part of the movie. And really the only bit that continues to be drawn upon is the deal with Paul and his PTSD mm-hmm. right. because it's the most integral to the narrative. And uh, so mm-hmm. I understand that, but it's disappointing for me seeing the potential 
and seeing the groundwork that got laid in that first hour and going like, if this, it, like, I don't, I mean, again, if if Spike Lee was the kind of guy to ever make a quiet movie, then then going on with that, you know, would have been would have been interesting to me, you know. And I mean, obviously, it, it would have been a like short a, with like Melvin, like a Flags of Our Fathers kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what? yeah, and I don't, and, and I don't think that uh, there would be uh, less a negative reaction to a a black perspective on Vietnam that took a flags yeah. of our fathers kind of thing, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's where and, it also gets kind of weird. Where like tonally speaking, Spike Lee is really great at sort of a jukebox, mm-hmm. like you know, do the right thing is really really defined by the score that's in it, like right. through all all the different music in it, and so it's sort of like winks at being a vietnam movie here and there uh-huh. with like like music from the era or like the fucking flight of the valkyries thing which there's a lot of like apocalypse now literally apocalypse, apocalypse now shows up on the screen yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so i, I kind of rolled my eyes at that part a little bit but like but again it's it's not like it that's beyond the pale for a nom movie you know mm-hmm. uh, but and, it just felt like tonally kind of like it didn't quite have its mind made up because like again sort of these these big sweeping violin scores and trumpet fanfares or anything are are to illustrate a point like this is how they're like lionizing themselves and what they did back in the day with you know like even you know, the the fact that they didn't get younger actors it's literally just yeah. them that was so <laughs> like, weird to me that was that. so weird I, I was like I, at points they had gray hair in the flashbacks it, i was like that doesn't and, make and i'll get to that why i actually <laughs> the, like in, oh okay yeah i like it because i think the intention is that it's not supposed to be a flashback it's supposed to be how they remembered it okay rather as like them remembering and they would remember themselves as they are right now that makes more versus sense versus how they were when they were young and right. the, look, kind of also the fact that it's like they never left Vietnam. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of stuck there. Mm-hmm. And they, they make it Mentally. a point to shoot all that in like old school film, four by mm-hmm. three style. So it's like exactly like the footage they were getting out of Vietnam at that time. So yeah. it's it's a nice. And, and then it switches to like a 16 by nine current digital when they go to the present day. Right. Yeah. And speaking to TJ's point a little bit i don't think i would be interested in watching a quiet spike lee movie you know i don't blame him for that's why you go watch a spike lee movie is because you want the big bombastic points that he's trying to make you know right i just think that this one goes on a little too long than it needs to yeah well he could he could be just as loud with half of the things that happen you know Mm-hmm. Well, and and I guess that's that's why yeah, I agree that it's it, it it lingers too long in that era because it sort of gives me an impression that that's what like the bulk of the movie is going to be like, which uh-huh. might again have been intentional because then at that point when somebody gets blown up by a fucking landmine, you're like, whoa, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, the and other like thing... I didn't know whether to oh. laugh or cry because I'm so primed by fucking Tropic Thunder uh-huh. that when somebody gets exploded by a landmine, it's kind of funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that something that I had a really hard time with while watching this movie was all of the real Vietnam footage that was yeah. put in. So like, the real life. Literally the first and... like two minutes when that guy gets shot in the head, like it's a real clip of a guy getting shot in the head. <laughs> it's like, all oh, right, okay. Which, yeah. I to- <laughs> like I get why he includes it. It's footage that you can go out and watch. It's not like it's that difficult to find. Right. Just the making you making you sit in it and watch it so when they're talking about the um i cannot remember the name of the actual 
event, but where they're talking about where they went in and like basically wiped out an entire village. Yeah, oh, so Milai. The women, Milai. And it it just kind of makes you sit and look at the gore and carnage yeah, of yeah. Dead like children, dead baby. which yeah. th- you know, you're not going to get more effective than that. It's exactly what he wants you to feel. It well, just, it was very difficult. <laughs> and it's not anything that you wouldn't see, you know, in the fucking Ken Burns, man. Like, yeah. I, I guess maybe I'm just, like, a little uh, inoculated to it because of that. Where, like, mm-hmm. I've seen that clip of that of the that Southern Vietnamese general shooting that dude in the, in the face in, in yeah. the middle of the street. Like, yeah. A hundred times, like oh, okay. it, it just I've, I've, right. I've That's seen a very a popular. I'd never. Or, seen and it. same with like all these like m- like monks immolating themselves yeah. in public and right. and all these other things. Like yeah, like it was fucking. It was an atrocious thing. And mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, Americans have had a, a tradition of documenting their war since the Civil War. You know, it's it's. If through photography that way so you know, that's yeah. that was the sort of the first instance of that so you know yeah making making you sit in it for that little bit i was as somebody who's just seen a lot of it i guess in my my own personal kind of historical pursuits or whatever you know it's like oh that was that was dipping your toe in the water brothers <laughs> right. yeah like that's what really, sorry <laughs> so i think what i guess i was struggling with the movie is that he uses it seems like every film strategy he can in this one movie like he has those documentary clips and then there's times where it kind of feels like it's a comedy but then there's also a fourth wall break where paul's talking directly to camera it switches between the two i that and then it like puts up those pictures right in the middle of the movie like i feel like that's where i was struggling it was like he was using literally like everything that he could do you can do in a movie in this one movie and i feel like that's where i was kind of having an issue throughout i think that kind of speaks to the the overall tone of spike lee where in every movie it feels like he's trying to prove himself which Mm. to his credit he kind of does because every time he comes out with a movie there are people that are trying to you know tear him down for what he's trying to do so i i get that feeling in a lot of spike lee movies that he's trying to throw everything at the wall because he's constantly trying to prove that he is a very talented filmmaker yeah and then i don't know was was it just me that i just felt like they weren't doing that good of a job acting oh boy uh, <laughs> so, there are some scenes <laughs> man that, someone owes me a coke uh, like especially uh what norm lewis the guy who played eddie yeah, I hated that guy's performance the whole time. Okay, yeah, it was cardboard. It was bad. I don't know what the fuck. Happened. Okay, He's so like it wasn't just Broadway. me. It wasn't oh, just. That's he, what I was saying. Like, yeah, this is the guy like from Jesus the Christ superstar, the hit show, like, The Wire, and he's like doing basically. It, I don't. He didn't they, do. Oh, that, like that's Isaiah not his fault. That's not his fault. <laughs> no, that's that's, when, that's having was, no substance. When to his he right. did the shit, I was like, oh, that's that's what. I mean, you gotta. Literally the first I mean, line of the movie. And Clark Peters is also from The I yeah, like Clark Peters. Both. Yeah, I Clark Peters Clark is great. Peters. And the fact that we had two Wire alumni is like a yeah. real yes. guys. I was like, oh, I was yeah. ready for that. So that was oh, just yeah. that was another when they were like they, when they were talking. I was just that was I was struggling. I was like, am I just not feeling that it's genuine, or is it just because they're not doing the best acting? I don't know. I I, that's where of, I was. There was some of it where that's where I was starting. And then like Paul too. is doing like the guy who plays Paul is doing an amazing job, but he is giving it the one hundred percent most mm-hmm. compared yeah. to like more maybe a more nuanced performance from like uh clark peters but then you clash that with like his the guy who's playing his son when he's given 100 percent, and then he's clashed against the guy who's playing his son i'm like this doesn't 
just doesn't feel right for me. I don't know. I, there was something that was just off. Well, and like as a narrative device, I don't enjoy the like the crazy guy being half right. Yeah. Thing. Like mm-hmm. and and that like oh it vindicates this person being completely unreasonable. <laughs> like well, it's like, a real bird situation. Completely insane. <laughs> We're yeah, back exactly. to the burbs. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that that is that is very apt. Like this guy's this guy's this guy's fucking shady. I don't I don't I don't like his vibe. It's like, yeah, you're asking him to do something morbidly illegal for all of you that you're right. all yeah. engaging in. Like yeah. what the what, what the have you ever encountered wet water, you fucking idiot? Like I, like I, he's just being paranoid for no reason except for there was a reason because he was right. And like so that that just never really super sits well with right. me. Right. And I feel like there was a lot of I won't say I, I just not like clichés but like I saw a lot of things like that guy stepping on that mine. I like knew something was going to happen to him as soon well, as he started like telegraphing. Right. Yeah. yeah, like start talking and then he's like backing up. But the thing that I thought was like so dumb is like he steps on a mine and the sun feels like it's a good idea to start like walking around. <laughs> going for a walkabout yeah <laughs> and he steps on another mine i was like why would you walk around after that what are you doing Oopsie, poopsie. <laughs> and then for the other the seppo guy i uh, was seppo. him stepping on a mine like on the road i was like there wouldn't still be a mine there that was my first thought i was like maybe it was maybe it was a fresh one i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i guess that that's might true. Be. Maybe it fell, fell off the back of a turnip truck or something <laughs> Have, are, are you an expert in vietnam geography sammy no but it was yeah, on a road that like was just my ahead. thought <laughs> it's on a road that is like used <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, and like, are you <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that. Told like, you guys I have a master's degree. I didn't say in what. Oh, all right. You definitely have every day. Vietnamese no. cartography. Yeah. Those uh, pictures were Andy's pictures. He was. Yeah. He, he graduated with Buster Bluth. <laughs> I'm like uh, uh, the guy from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. God damn it. But oh, the, the, like the like the most Spike Lee e bits are are fantastic, and yeah. and because he comes from sort of like a, a, like a Shakespearean model of writing, you know, mm-hmm. like there this is a ship of fools, and and you know you're supposed to get endeared to them to a point, but then also go like, oh yeah, I'll, if all of you died, I would understand, mm-hmm. and but. Uh, but in particular, the the two bits where where Paul is like monologuing to the camera in the jungle, right? Yeah. Like that is very Spike Lee, and yes. that that's one where I was like, yeah, like that's that's <laughs> that's what I love about this guy. Yeah. And then the same bit uh, where after Otis gets shot, and it's just the spiraling upward shot where he's madness, right? Yeah. Madness. I was like, this is yeah, 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 yeah. This is what I love yeah. about Spike. But that's Lee. not the whole. And I guess that's my problem is that that's not the whole. And that's movie. not the whole movie. So when those yeah, happen, exactly. it's so yeah. jarring. It's like this isn't the same movie when those you know when those come up well and i guess if you're not overly familiar with with the style it would be jarring right yeah like even even his first first run with with uh do the right thing it's 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 very jarring oh it's very much yeah well i have that'll be one i have to watch then yeah and sammy you said black klansman is one of the only ones that you've seen yeah yeah i think that is very much a one probably one of the best examples of the Spike Lee tone being mixed with like a conventional movie, and then maybe that's why because my first one I've ever seen of his is more of a conventional movie, and it still it has his stuff a, in it, but it's not as like and, to the tenth degree. 
And again, I don't think Spike has as much, or as he has at least talked about, he had had did not have as much input on the script of Black Klansman right. as he does on most. Because that's based off he a was book. Pretty much, yes, yes. And Jordan Peele found that story and produced it with him mm. and brought on Spike. Gotcha. So I feel like he was able to bring the Spike Leeness that that movie needed to to make it good. But the Peele's, I mean, it's still to the joint, yeah, Spike right, <laughs> and eat the joint. <laughs> It still definitely feels like a Spike Lee joint, but I would say less so than The Five Bloods, which feels way more of like a this is a Spike Lee, mm-hmm. this is a Spike Lee creation. What do you think the thought process was for it to be a Netflix movie? Just because it would, uh, wasn't going to go into theaters because what's going on right there's, now? Or there's one company out there that is giving uh, directors money to go do whatever they want, and it's Netflix. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I imagine that is 100% it because Spike has had troubles with studios for a long time letting mm-hmm. them do what they, do whatever he wants. And I think that Netflix has less of a stake in if people like it or they don't because no matter what they put out on their service, they'll come out two days later and say, did you know that every single person watched this 12 trillion times and there's no way you can check us if we're correct? <laughs> it's the most watched thing in the history of the world did you know that that's crazy it's the blessing and curse of netflix is that they aren't making stuff for quality generally they are making stuff to get people to subscribe because they only i mean they've got different tiers of payments but they don't have all they have is a monthly subscription payment so whatever they can get to get people to subscribe is what they want or continue is what they want Right, and, and that, I think that's it's a benefit more... and a curse. I think at this point, mm-hmm. for this, it's a it's a benefit because they're they're listening and giving people uh, money to do what they want instead of. I yeah. mean, they're still greenlighting dumb shit and just putting it out there, but they seem to be canceling a lot of the ones that people weren't watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I think it's a, a very similar situation to why they gave uh, Martin Scorsese eighteen billion thousand right. dollars to make the Irishman. <laughs> billion thousand is that the accurate number? Yeah, <laughs> because you know th- they're greenlighting everything they can, and some of them are successes, and some of them are not. And then they're going, okay, well, if we bring in Martin Scorsese and let him do whatever the fuck he wants, we might have a shot at an Oscar play, which right. I think is probably their same reasoning with Spike Lee coming right off of Black Klansman, which is arguably one of his biggest like Oscar successes right. in the la- in his career. In yeah, well, and like, and they nobody. X, baby. Yeah, uh, well, nobody nobody bats a thousand, and and there uh, it's still they were sort of the catalyst around the same time as like Manchester by the Sea mm. and like Okja and like Beasts of No mm-hmm. Nation, where like those the like letting giving Kerry Fukunaga a bunch of money and letting him go to Africa to make a movie with Idris Elba is a good idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and like no 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 matter what, so like yeah like there's there's been that, but I I would also argue like a twenty four. Has had a wonderful relationship with their their directors. It seems like I haven't like heard about like a bunch of quibbling from you know uh, like Robert Egger and and them. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems that they like no, to throw I a th- bunch of money at their people and let them go make awesome shit. Mm-hmm. And I think that the difference there is that A twenty four is not concerned with being a conglomerate like Netflix is. Netflix no. wants everybody's TV to come pre-installed with Netflix. Everybody's Stonks phone to come go up, pre-installed. Fellas. <laughs> yeah, whereas A24 is interested in making good shit, mm-hmm. and it's been very successful for them because they have smart people that are At making the right decisions on what to greenlight. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, because Hereditary isn't a good movie. Distributor so. and studios, they can kind of just do whatever. <laughs> Andy didn't even hear me? No. I, I, no, oh, okay. we, do, we just collectively decided to disregard your, your stupid-ass comments. Smart, smart. <laughs> yeah. I'm just more focused on Tony Collette and your back behind you. Up in the oh. <laughs> you didn't hear that like that pretty rhythmic pounding sound on your ceiling? Oh, no. Well, I guess it'd be your floor. <laughs> it's a ceiling to her. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> One man's floor is another possessed woman's ceiling. <laughs> if you look out your back window there, there's a, there's a, a middle-aged woman a two a lawns over going Sammy! <laughs> Come out! You been, you're wondering why you've just been finding a bunch of like decapitated birds in your bushes? Oh, I thought yeah. that was Barb. That was me. I like that um, the guy said, oh, I would never jump on a grenade is the one that ends up jumping on the grenade. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's kind of his whole arc is like being yeah. being cute and doing that. Right. And, and that's that's fine. But I feel like that was wasted because his presence is awesome. Right. Yeah. He got he to do a lot of fun stuff. He was arguably the one I was most upset about dying. Yeah. And the fact that he just goes he, so quick. Yeah. He does. He goes really quick. With, and they with no fanfare. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> immediately that. Clark Peters is like out there and they, they're dealing with John Renault, so it's like Oh, when John Renault showed up I was like, uh oh, trouble. <laughs> John Renault showed up but I was like I when the first time you see him I was like, Man, I have not seen John Renault in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I man, I think the last thing I saw him in was probably like Hotel Rwanda. <laughs> Mission yeah, Impossible. That's a while ago. It's been a while. <laughs> I guess on the on the point, uh, like uh, uh, to the to the point of the the French presence um, mm. in in this, it, it there's also sort of it kind of it brushes past it a little bit without like without really delving too terribly deep into it, because I understand that the point of the film is like vindicating these four guys for five guys that you've been on on this trip with this whole time, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, and, but. It was sort of, I feel like, maybe a little neglectful outside of the footage of Milai that they showed. And, like, the like maybe a couple altercations. But it, it was, there wasn't really a ton of originality to those altercations. They were just, like, trying to drive that point forward home that Paul has a problem with Vietnamese people being close to him. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it sort of, you know, breezes past, you know, when they... Uh, when the... When the Vietnamese people are like, uh, your gold. Oh, that's, that's, that's a super fucking cute mm-hmm. thing that you think this is yours. Mm-hmm. Like, because, you know, if you really want to, like, put, put the argument on the table, it's just like, yeah, you guys, yeah, you got, I, it's not taking away from any suffering that you guys endured here, but, like, boy, not to get into a totem pole of oppression here, but I have to think <laughs> that maybe the rural Vietnamese might have a, 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 a dog in the fight <laughs> here yeah. to go, yeah. like, yeah, that was supposed to be for us to fight for you guys. Uh, so maybe maybe you can go fuck yourselves. <laughs> You're coming back 35 years later. Go get out of here. So like, yeah, it kind of it kind of breezed past the point. Like, like you know, yeah, you were you were here against your will to fight a, an unjust cause, and that doesn't give you any more right to continue to fuck us over by by taking away 17 million dollars that could potentially build a lot of roads and schools out here. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Or or contribute to maybe clearing out more of the landmines that you guys decided to leave as a goodbye present. Yeah. Like, you know, like that that point is is very lightly brushed over before it gets into the cool gunfight. And they do <laughs> give a portion of the money at the end to the to the 
but it, to the French people, right? Yeah, to the, that's yeah. their shares. Yeah, to clear out Which more mines. To clear out more mines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting too. That yeah. they end up donating the money, mm-hmm. most of the money, at the end. To that's what you want to happen, right? <laughs> and then I was confused for a second. I was like, "Who's this lady and kid, guy that's getting the two million dollar check?" And then it just shows the picture of the wire guy. <laughs> it's just like, oh, oh yeah. that was his family, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. Uh, the, I think the most sad I felt during this movie was when they leave that bar and that kid sets off that firecracker, mm-hmm. and they like had the like reaction to like get down. I was like what an asshole like that was the part that maybe i was like oh man that's like so sad that like uh, the ptsd part of it of them like still like once they when they hear that noise they all like got down i was like what an ass <laughs> i was uh, so mad played for comedy a little bit yeah. too but, yeah like i remember so my my granddaddy john was a, a navy corpsman um and it uh it was it was actually when i was watching the ken burns stuff where i sort of was appreciating the timeline and like asking some questions like you know like telling my mom like hey go go to the shadow box and see what the date range is for when he when he was there and like finding out that he was like there during tet and like Mm -hmm. just 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 crazy fucking shit Mm -hmm. you know and and so my my grandparents were divorced pretty early so my mom would go and hang out with him on on weekends or like you know summers and stuff and a big thing was for them to go to blockbuster load up on treats and some movies and then and do the you know do that over the weekend and they were like picking a movie one time and a balloon popped and he just tackled her in public you know like just it just it was that 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 switch got flipped in two seconds and then appreciating the fact that he was in nam during the worst counteroffensive from the Viet Cong uh, during the whole thing where they nearly yeah. pushed us back into the fucking sea. It's like, yeah, I completely understand that. And, mm-hmm. and that weird little bit being sort of like trying to like be played for comedy didn't really work for me. Right, see, and I guess I didn't think it was played for, for me, I didn't see it as played for comedy. I, I was like, oh, that's sad. Like, that was my immediate thought. I, I mean, I get where you're, where you're saying that it was like the kid was laughing and stuff, but I, well, and again, my immediate reaction was like, I'm just sad. It, the priorities are other places during that first hour of the movie where instead of giving an extra 30 seconds to actually go like, oh, this is sad. It's, it's Yeah, it doesn't spend any time thinking thing. about it. It, yeah. just goes it cuts it's, really abruptly, it, yeah, which is I where I think TJ yeah. might get the, uh, the uh-huh. comedy, where I could see where you would find it funny or, because or it, like, just it cuts not, very abruptly. Well, and even sort of like the, the lack of import that was given to Melvin's death where it's just like, well, we got to get back to the firefight. It's just yeah. that guy, I guess. Right. <laughs> Another one that I, I thought was so like, and we talked about like like in your face was them like talking about Vietnam movies, and they're like they need to make movies about real people, and then they like talk about two examples and like put uh-huh. up pictures. I was like, this I, that was the one that I was like, what is happening that, right now? What is that's a, very, was, that's a very Spike Lee thing. Is it okay? Because I, mean, I was called it's called call action. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a fair point I think because I, I had to look it up because there's one I hate watching war movies in general just because they're all roughly the same uh, to a certain extent and you know what there's uh, vietnam is like one of the most oversaturated ones but they you know i looked it up and i thought this was originally based on a true story and it's not it's based on like real life experiences but they're not real people right and it, it really is the first movie about like the primarily about the black experience in vietnam so um. like he's bringing up that like there were two real people that were like in this war that were huge and they've never had a movie made about them. Uh-huh. And I imagine he is 
he is no stranger to trying to get biopics made about people like that and right. not being able to get any sort of interest or funding at all. Right. I mean, a, a similar problem that exists is, um, and do you guys know the, the, the filmmaker Gina Prince Bythewood, who just came out with The Old Guard on Netflix? Oh, okay. She, The Old Guard is the first movie she's ever made. She's made four or five movies in her entire career and the old guard is the first movie that is playing anywhere other than the u.s because every time she's made a movie the studio has said we can't sell black people to anyone other than the u.s so it's the only movie that has had distribution rights outside of the united states wow is the old guard and the lead of that movie is charlie's there well that's the <laughs> She's I, African? I don't think that's why. Yeah, does that count? Is that what Raymond was getting to? Is that why Raymond was like, eh, well, eh. No, I think it's because it's on Netflix that they can dump it everywhere and it doesn't. Yeah. Ma- they don't have to worry about it playing better in other places. <laughs> Saying that that meets, meets a diversity quota is like telling like, black youth to look so, up to Elon Musk. Right. So, oh <laughs> because he came from South African diamond mine money. <laughs> Mr. Blood like, by himself. <laughs> Blood Diamond Dave. But I guess she what I'm saying. <laughs> but i guess what I'm, I'm i'm saying is that i imagine spike has had a very similar experience because with his movies trying to well we've already said you know, that like he no one wants to like pay for him to make a movie like he has so much trouble trying to get studios and i, I mean they, it's not just because he's black but they i mean I mean, maybe that's the real reason, but they're but they're saying because of the movie that he makes, right? Was the thing is that he's like too. Or loud. they would love, they would love to pay Spike Lee to make a movie, but they would love for him to be able to do it on a moonlight budget. Versus, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, versus like, and uh, arguably the few times that he has done um, big budget or movies with you know at studios with bigger productions is like when Malcolm he did X. Yeah, Malcolm. Malcolm X, or when he did his biggest budget is old boy and oh fuck he's the one behind the old boy yeah he He did did the old boy oh i didn't know that which is an atrocity he's he's responsible i've seen another one (laughs) oh there you go raymond are you happy you've seen that one (laughs) he is and i'm sure that that smells of like a corporate like i do this one for them right yeah i believe he that is exactly his his thing on it he was like oh i showed up every day and and talked to josh talked josh through the scenes (laughs) and uh then i got to make my movie after after speaking of significantly smaller movie money wise what about what was the budget on this one do we know how much did it Um, cost to make this movie no i can look it up but netflix's numbers are always kind of like they don't believe it yeah, yeah. It's, because it's sort of like the not... Soviet Union reporting that they've had a zero percent crime rate for the last thirty years. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Because yeah. Netflix is not technically like in the same studio model as, say, someone like Warner Brothers. They are not beholden to anyone. They don't have to announce how much they how good their their movies do because yeah. th- there's it's the wild west for streaming services. You know? <laughs> they do it to get good news, to, like not because they have a their. Right, they, and, and that's where TJ's bringing up that might not be the real numbers because they, they could say whatever they want for their numbers. Well, and, I, I don't doubt any of their numbers. It's more just you don't know the total of anything. Right, yeah. And they have they said that, and it'll come into play this year with the Academy Awards, is mm-hmm. that 
they claimed that this movie was go- they were planning their biggest theatrical release ever right for this movie for a run before it came on netflix so that it would be eligible for awards and so now because of you know the coronavirus Rony. it's going to be eligible anyway even though it did not play in any theaters because maybe it was this'll... intended for a theatrical release <clears throat> maybe this is the end of the slow death of the oscars Maybe, maybe 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 we're just gonna do away with it because it's just it's such a fucking caricature of it. Can we just anymore. change like, it to like streaming awards or something like that? Just like because there's so many streaming services, just give it to the all streaming service. Give them awards. Yeah, <laughs> streaming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the streaming. We get a quick button award. That's all. <laughs> now on Quibi, the, the streaming. Yeah. I'm surprised they're not just going to say the Oscars are on Netflix this year. I mean, like, no one has TV well, they anymore. Could, they so. could make it at a 15 minute long award show where they just they have the big musical number that takes 10 minutes, and then they just run the winners on the on the screen on a scroll, <laughs> and then and then everybody can go, oh, I was right, or oh, like, I was wrong. We already don't see a bunch of like it. the good important ones. Right, they the, keep like, taking more and more. Out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do it for They can add as many yeah. categories as they want as long as they can just include it in the scroll quick enough. Right. I watched right. the VMAs on Sunday and it was so funny the awards that they had for that. They were just making up awards. They were just, they like, were just making <laughs> shit up. Yeah. It was like cool. Awards. Just watching <laughs> video, music videos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So well, wouldn't that be fun though month. if you were a presenter at the VMAs and then the card is just like make up your own award and then pick somebody to win? Yeah, like you, a random person. They just give you a card that says, who do you want to win? Just pick somebody. Who cares? Best new artist goes to seat 32B. 32B? <laughs> bingo! Bingo! <laughs> ah, look at that. Aww. I honestly, like, like Lady Gaga won like a, the price is right. <laughs> yeah, Lady Gaga won a bunch of awards and I honestly was like, I think it's because she's there. Because she was like one of the yeah. few people that was actually there. So sure. I was like, why not just keep giving her awards? She keeps yeah, coming one out. One of the 12 so. people that can actually show up. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I think it's because she's talented. I mean, that too. It was, I mean, she she deserved everything that she won for. I mean, but it was just, she was the one that kept coming out to talk. Um, <laughs> did they just like chop up a star is born into like 12 separate music videos and just give her an award for each yep, one? Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> kind of fun. The so um the estimated budget for The Five Bloods is 35 to 45 million. Sure. That sounds about right. Black Klansman was a 14 million dollar budget. So like that's what he's what? normally wow. dealing with. <laughs> so he's on the Five Bloods is one of his most expensive movies. I wonder if it's probably because it was shot on location. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'm he, sure. I mean, they, the cinematography in this is, is beautiful. Oh, oh Saigon. They, it, the Saigon looks beautiful. Yeah, and this. they take yeah. a lot. He takes a lot of time to, like, really appreciate those shots, especially at the end where they do multiple, like, quick shots of all the locations they were in. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's like a nine-minute long credit sequence. You're right. I watched uh, it. Yeah. It's, it's, I was like, this, nice. this is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I did, like, every time that... I, uh, like Eddie took a picture and then cut to the picture that he like yeah. took. I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. That was that a nice was touch. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I do have to. Um, I we brought the terrible virus up for a second, and okay. I I I was naive and thought that we were getting past it. And then yesterday, mm-hmm. Dwayne Rock the Rock Johnson got it, and today Robert Pattinson got it. <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, this isn't over. This is far from over. My, Famous people are still my, getting it. <laughs> My favorite thing about the the Robert Pattinson story is, did you see how it was, uh, how it unfolded, on how it was announced that, so the studio Warner's came out pissed. and said, yeah, w- Warner Brothers basically came out and said, 
Um, we have to uh, halt production on the Batman because a crew member has been tested positive for coronavirus. I did hear that. that oh, yeah. one, one crafty. And someone huh? said, one, who, one script uh, supervisor got, got the and then yeah, the, was whole, one crew, the whole train's got crew stop, member. Huh? Yeah. yeah. What's what's the name huh. of the crew member? And they went, uh, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Which Warner Brothers really did not want to come out right now because he's not. the. He's the co-lead in Tenet, which they are telling everybody, hey everyone, it's safe to go it's safe to go see Tenet in a theater right now. Never mind that one of the co-leads is sick with a deadly virus. So like, uh, wait, go what? back to the theaters, who everyone. Is, who is there the crew member? See a conspicuous absence of these like Zoom press junkets that we've been doing. Yeah. Well it's like they just made him do a bunch for Tenet and then they immediately started production again, which like he got it from you know, somewhere from warner making him go back to do shit you know yeah, well, almost guaranteed yeah. so it's did like, you hear that uh, tom cruise well, is buying a cruise ship for mission possible crew so that they can make the movie so they all will live on a cruise such ship misguided <laughs> bad oh this is just, he's just trying to increase the size of the sea org fleet i think <laughs> i think i think he's he's trying to become a true admiral yes um, well, like, yeah, well, before they encase him in bronze and stick a little straw out of his nose and goes, he's still alive. No <laughs> come on, Tom. in there. Come on, Tom. Do it for Elrond. Go be <laughs> a sailor just like, like Elrond. The, way the, the entirely, HMS Elrond. The way he presents himself is very much the aw shucks guy. When, like, if you watch, like, the going clear, kind of, like, his his role in, like, the videos, it's, like, it's... I appreciate what he does for a film that he, like, outwardly was, like, such a champion. Like, he's very clearly a a fan of film and like the arts but then you have to reconcile that with the guy who's like do it for Zenu. <laughs> yeah and also yeah. the place that they're Did gonna guys... go film is uh, is a place that had a giant outbreak on a cruise ship so he just bought a cruise ship to take to a place that had their biggest outbreak on a cruise ship yeah cruise on a cruise <laughs> did you guys Listen. see the video that that was going around of him going to see Tenet in yeah. IMAX. Yes, that, it was I, like I a thirty-second video of him just like driving to see it. God. Of him doing his goddamnedest to act like he's a human being, <laughs> but then it cuts to him watching the movie and he's like staring mouth agape at the at the movie. He's just, like, like straight. He's like it. hands on knees, like straight back, like watching this movie. And then he like is watching cinema for my human pleasure. The best part was him walking out of there, and someone was like, "Do you like it?" And he's like, "Yeah, I loved it." <laughs> as he, as he he's goes, like walking out of there, so it's like, like you know, by all the accounts, movies. anyone I love that movie. I've heard talk about working with him are very much like he loves like the craft of film. He loves talking movies <laughs> with other people. Like he loves very movies. personable guy. But then also you got to pay for those Satan levels, and you, know, you <laughs> hey, got to get rid of a wife when they turn thirty three. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think actually probably arguably if there's anybody who should be just going out and about and and is probably going to be fine, it's probably Tom Cruise because oh. I think you become in uh, invulnerable to disease around like OT six or seven. Right, he's got to be like OT. 11 billion I think he's now. made of stars at this point right isn't that just kind of a... <laughs> I think he just like he like absorbs the thetans from other people's bodies yeah, just by as being he walks around by. him you know yeah. they're just like drawn to his essence and then they just like dissolve in his atmosphere I think yeah he's he's a remarkable man the fact that his like ankle broke during Mission Impossible 6 I was surprised I was like can his bones break I was like what <laughs> 
was just feigning. <laughs> he just, wanted some he time off. He just needs to let every like he knows that everybody saw him do it. So he like he look if you even watch the video, he ran for like another twelve he steps or whatever. Yeah, he right, like yeah. he asks, he goes like, oh oh no, darn! Now I have to fake it like a soccer player or something. <laughs> you know, like oh oh darn, I actually am hurt. Oh shucks. oh shucks. <laughs> He doesn't have bones. He has starlight on his skin. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that was the thing. Is they he saw his Skynet on line four. They got a video of his foot bending like that, and they're like, humans' feet can't bend like that. So he's like, oh, it broke. But really, it's just because he's <laughs> not human and it can bend like that. <laughs> yes, yes. Just, he's just letting us live in ignorant bliss. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I, for one, appreciate that. Yeah. I love those yeah, movies. I, I, thank I you, need, Tom Cruise. I, I don't think we need to know the truth about Tom. I don't think we... Yeah, we don't collectively thank Tom Cruise enough. Thank you, Tom. No, Thanks. Absolutely not. <laughs> <sighs> well, oh, well, that's a nice bow. There we go. <laughs> yeah. On our Spike Lee conversation, just, <laughs> add, just singing the praises of uh, of our fearless leader, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how we'll never get to see Tenet ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, TJ doesn't you know, care, but I care. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> or now I'm Batman. Still, you know, everything I'm, that I love, I will just never get to see. I'm not going to let anybody have fun until I can see the Green Knight. And once I can uh, see the yeah. Green Knight, I'm everybody so else is allowed to have fun. The yeah. Green Knight. Yep, yeah. and when we get to see it in 30 years, uh, when we get to take our grandchildren to the Green Knight, it'll be an amazing experience, yeah. Raymond. But until then, nobody else gets to have fun with movies. All right. That is Fair one enough. that I'm surprised they have not dropped on VOD. <laughs> Give it to me. I'll pay you thirty dollars. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'll, pay yeah. You mu- I'll pay you one Mulan. <laughs> there we are again. Speaking of, that comes out tomorrow, doesn't it? Yeah. Who cares? Free for everyone in <laughs> December. I figured we were gonna watch free, it. No. Yeah. Free to everyone at Disney. Plus. Not till it's free for everyone at Disney Plus in December. I'm not gonna pay thirty bucks so I can watch it. A no. Couple oh, months okay. Ago. Yeah. I was. I'm my parents pay money will to watch well, so. the new Bill and Ted because I found out that the guitar player from Animals as Leaders did all the air guitar. Oh, really? <laughs> cool. Mastodon does an original song for that movie. So does a. Uh, so does a uh, um, okay. Lamb of God. Lamb of God did yep. an original song for all it too. The, that's all of those things lead to be giving much more of a shit about that than Mulan or Tenet oh, yeah. put together. Right. Yeah. yeah. All the reviews yeah. are that it's like that I've seen for Bill and Ted Three is that it is like truly excellent and being excellent to each other so yeah, that's, that's the kind of that's the kind of like i've heard it is a right. good Bird like the first like good reboot sequel <laughs> is what i've heard yeah. so yeah. great well all right well everybody go see bill and ted 3 and <laughs> yeah <Pod Plus>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i will have to watch uh is it do the right thing i'll have to watch yeah. that so i can it's the yeah. first uh the first appearance of samuel jackson yeah. Oh great! Do the right, mm. do the right thing is good. Malcolm X is good, but very long. Mm. Yes, yeah. That was a that uh, was a double VHSer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Raymond, you need to seen other than the sweet blood of Jesus, which I do not recommend. Yeah, Raymond, you got to watch yeah. Black Klansman. That's such a good movie. I really yes. like that movie. Yeah, Black Klansman is great. So, well, I, right. I'm just gonna well, go watch uh, watch Mandy for the second time in as many days because <laughs> after Raymond posted that uh, vinyl link in yeah. the chat, I realized that I still hadn't seen it, and oh. then, uh, then I went and oh, bought shit. it on YouTube and then watched it two times. That in is a, a TJ movie uh, for sure. We watched that <laughs> one for that is 110% October. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Uh, I think like yep, just mainline in that shit. I think he would Nick Cage was just told to be TJ in that movie. I think was, <laughs> <laughs> all the way down to the baseball teams and everything. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You guys great guys remember that one time when I accidentally spilled salsa on TJ's shirt and he went, You're my favorite shirt! My favorite shirt! <laughs> <laughs> and he's just and I just remember him going into the bathroom and just the screaming. <laughs> yeah. 
That's, yeah, that's what I remember drunk, TJ. That saying. was very uh, actually probably drunk TJ in a nutshell. Actually, that in his underwear, baseball tee. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. if anyone out there wants to uh, tell us what your favorite Spike Lee movie, speak Spike Lee joint. Oh, you almost said movie. Raymond was about to I quit. I was about to correct you. They are joint. Thank you. Point of order. There's a couple ways you can do it. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter or at, at NSAOTPod, or you can send a good old boy Raymond an email over at NeverSeenAnyOfThisPod at gmail.com. Good old boy. My inbox yes, is empty. Please email me. My man. Please email My man. <laughs> there was an act, and uh, just last note, I'm sorry, but the, the my man. That was the first, uh-huh. the first line uh, of the movie. I wish I, wish I could yeah. bother. Okay, now we're yeah. right. <laughs> So good. All right. Well, uh, with that, I guess that's, that's it for this week's episode of Never Seen Any of This. We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, we'll say bye. 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 Bye.